You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's time for the Geeks Pub. I am Tim Robertson, and that's David Cohen. Sure I am. Um, you know, we, we missed last week. Yep. But it's my fault, kind of. Well, it, it, was, it was construction at both ends, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. You had some construction going on your neighbor. Ooh. Yeah, just just at the time we were, it's, it's Sunday lunchtime here, and just at the time we were recording, he was constructing something. He's a carpenter, and he's building something in his backyard, and so there's an awful lot of hanging, uh, banging, and hammering, uh, and drilling. And as I explained to you, because British houses, we're they're much smaller, and we have far fewer separated houses like you do in the states. So my the house my the building my house is in is effectively the same as his because they're all joined together. It's like three, four houses in a row, which means if he's drilling into his outside wall with a hammer drill, it's like he's drilling into my wall, and it was pretty loud. So, And my issue was we had a dishwasher with a slow leak, which I didn't know about, and yeah. it basically it destroyed my subfloor. Mm-hmm. When we bought this house in 99, um, it had a bad kitchen floor, ceramic tile. And... You know, I, I, we decided we were going to replace that tile. So when we pulled that tile up, the floor underneath it was in pretty bad shape. Yeah. So I pulled that floor up, and there was another floor underneath it. And it just seemed like a way bigger job than I was uh, qualified to, to work on. But nonetheless, you know, we didn't have a lot of money at that point. So I decided I'm just going to lay plywood on top of that floor and put the new tile in. Yeah. But YouTube wasn't really a big thing then. <laughs> We're talking 2002, 2001, yeah. maybe, maybe even 2000. It was somewhere in there. So I put that floor down and I laid my tile on top of it. Well, the problem was it raised that middle of the floor up, which means it's really hard to get the dishwasher in and out. Mm-hmm. And so when we replaced the old dishwasher with this one, um, it sprung a leak somewhere in there. It was one of the connectors. Right. Easy fix, but and it destroyed the subfloor again. So this time, instead of doing a half-assed incorrect job, uh, we're doing it the right way. And unfortunately, our house being built in 1890 means it's got multiple subfloors. So it's the one I put in, which was the hardest to get out. So last weekend was all about taking out the ceramic tile that I put down. Yeah. And I wasn't screwing around with a mortar. That that shit was in there. Yeah. And you couldn't just pop something underneath the tile and pop it up. You literally had to smash each tile one by mm-hmm. one. That's a fun job. Yep. And then uh, the board that I put down, once again, I wasn't screwing around. I put nails every five inches, six inches. Yeah. Uh, so that was, you couldn't just pull it up. You had to destroy it to pull it up. Mm -hmm. It's one tiny chunk at a time. So that's been the entire week. But the problem is, to do it correctly, I'm not just laying it on top of the bad part again. I'm doing the entire floor, which meant all my cabinets had to come out. Um, Everything that's on the floor in the kitchen had to come out. Right. And it's scattered throughout the entire house right now. Yeah. My, my, uh, My countertops are in my hallway. It's not fun. Let me just no, put it that way. I can imagine. So this, the the whole week leading up until yesterday, 
has been because I've been working um, was Julie breaking apart the old floor um, yesterday. I finally got to down to the studs. Mm-hmm. Now I could see the studs because the leak had gone all the way through and, and got to the level of right above the studs and destroyed that wood. Yeah. So in 1890, David, they didn't use subfloors. <laughs> you know the no. the rafters, if you will. The what do you call it? The uh, the, the joists. The, yes, the joints. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's sitting on top of that is um, plank. Mm-hmm. Now it's tongue and groove with angled nails, which is always fun to get out. But that's where we got to yesterday. So I removed a little bit more than a four by eight, which is the size of a, a plywood. I, I moved the plank, so I'm down to uh, the joints now. Yeah. And I've cut one piece of plywood to fit in. And we're doing this part in pieces so we don't have, the whole floor is not gonna be opened up. I'm gonna open up enough to put the plywood in and then open up yeah. more and put the plywood in. So the entire subfloor will be completely replaced today, nailed in place. Uh, I'm going to, one of the things I found out is you can't just lay, I have to level it. Because if I don't, this house, again, this house was built in 1890. Yeah. So if I just started laying tile on top of it, it wouldn't last long. It would crack because no. it wouldn't be even. Yeah. So I have to use this, this um, liquid I have to mix up called a leveler. And you mm-hmm. got to splooge it around and, you know, make it better. Yeah. And, it, and it, when it settles, it's completely smooth because it's liquid. Yeah. And, um, but you can't just put the level, leveler. I always said levelizer because of the program that I use. <laughs> it was driving Julie nuts. The, yeah. I, I have to put the leveler on the wood, but I can't just lay it on there because the wood is so dry because it's plywood, it would suck all the moisture out of the mixture. Yeah. And then it will become brittle. So I have to treat or put a primer on that wood first. Yeah. And that takes anywhere from two to two to three hours to dry if it's really porous and mine's really porous because it's plywood. So I gotta put the that primer on and then once the primer is dry, I can put the leveler on. Once the leveler is dried, I can start laying tile. Once the tile is all laid, I can start putting the grout in. Once the grout is dried, I can start, you know, I'm done at that point. And then, then you can put your kitchen back together. Yeah. So it's another week. Yeah. Unfortunately. And because you we don't, don't have a stove, we don't have a microwave in there, we don't have anything to cook, we can't even do dishes. We're using, we're going out to eat every night, which, Jesus, you think, you think, you think it's expensive to replace a, a floor? Try going out to eat every single freaking night. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Did you not, not? You don't think it was worth getting a contractor in? Oh no, because it would have cost me five grand or more. Well, yeah, but how much is eating out every night going to cost you? Well, I've got I mean, everything I mean, we need. That's always the thing. I mean, even if you take out your time and Julie's time, um, if you just look at the materials and the um, and the expenses, like the eating out and everything, I, I wonder how much you're going to save at the end of the job. About four grand. Because I've already, I, I spent about nine hundred bucks, about a grand, all in with all the materials that we need. By yeah. the way, wood is very expensive right now. Mm-hmm. I've never seen wood 
this yeah. expensive. The but same. How much is how much is eating out? The whole all of you for two weeks going to cost you? It's probably we're probably spending fifty bucks a day on food, right? But yep. that's still cheaper than five grand. A lot cheaper. Mm, yeah, I guess. So, you I, know, I guess you guess you're not having the fog or every time you go out. No. I could tell you though, it's going to look really good when we're done. Yeah, well, that's I'm excited. That's, that's the important thing. There's nothing worse than spending two, three weeks in a job and then not being happy with the end, end result. Very, very true. Yeah. The one thing I'm worried about is we had ceramic tile before. Uh, we're going with porcelain tile this time. Mm-hmm. And porcelain tile is harder. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one of the here. I'll, I'll share with you what we're getting. I'll copy. I'm pasting it in the show notes. This is the tile that we went with. Yeah, look in the show notes, listeners, because otherwise this would not be great podcasting. No. So I'll put this in the show notes, and you, everybody can see the tile that we're going with. Okay. It's so it's one of these, a, yeah, it's one of these ones that looks like wood, even though it's tile. Yep. Yeah. And we're going with I li- the dark. I like this. I like this stuff. Yeah. We're going with the dark um, a grout. Yeah. And a, a really dark gray grout instead of the white. Yeah. Oh, we have. Um, we have. Uh, I forget what it's called. Laminate flooring is what we call it here, which is basically wood, yep. uh, wood floor with this kind of uh, with this kind of um, surface on it. it. Actually, looks very similar to this in our kitchen, but it's it's wood. It's not actual tile. So uh, so yeah, very good. Yep. Yeah, we, that, I try to use. Nice. We'll I, nice I, when it's done. I try to use that laminate uh, yeah. in our hallway at one point. The problem is again, our house is eighteen ninety. Yeah. And that wood is too thin. If your floor is not completely flat, it doesn't fit together yeah. and it's bad. I, I've I've always found with laminate that that actually it's one of those things that everyone thinks they can do, but like you say, you just need the slightest wrinkle and it's really really hard. Yeah. Um. Which is uh, I mean when 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 we were moving in here, it was a brand new build, so we just had guys come in and do it before we moved in. Yes, um, that's the way to do it. But then, in a very similar situation. Six months after we moved in, it all started to buckle um, over by the by the sink, and it turned out the plumbing the plumbing in this house, despite it's a brand new house, was terrible because they used cowboy plumbers, um, and they had a they had a, a waste going outside that wasn't done properly, and it was leaking water, and yep. it completely destroyed the floor in that part of the kitchen, um, and we had to, we had the builder come in and and they paid to replace that part of the floor because um because it was their fault you know but you know the problem well, with these new builds is that now here we are now five years five years on and we are finding more problems in the house and of course it's after five years the builders don't want to know yeah um and then you've got to pay for them yourselves we currently have a every time it rains here and we live in manchester it rains a lot we have water pouring down the front of the house because they didn't put enough guttering in um idiots. so that needs sorting we uh we have a mud room, which is off the kitchen, and it goes to the backyard. Well, yeah. technically, it goes to the deck. Yeah, I've I've seen your YouTube channel. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh that floor was a good five inches lower than the kitchen. Yeah, and now that I've ripped out the multiple subfloors and we're down to the joints, they're actually the same height. <laughs> yeah. So when we're done with the kitchen, completely done. 
Well, you're going to have to redecorate because your well, counters go- are going to be five inches lower. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah. We're going to the the refrigerator is in the mudroom, right? But it's a small mudroom. It's not huge. Yeah. And I told Julia, I said, okay, now that these are the same height, because I've always hated the little bit of a step yeah. down. Um, we're going to do that room too in the same tile. Mm-hmm. Now that room is going to be pretty easy. All I have to do is remove everything on the floor. The refrigerator is the big deal. And then put a uh, leveler. Uh, I've got just sticky tile in there. Yeah. Peel and stick stuff. I've replaced it three times and the floor is relatively flat in there, but I'll put a leveler in there and then I'll continue the tile right into that room. It'll look good. Yeah. And then uh, if that all comes out really well, I'm seriously considering throughout this next year doing the entire downstairs. So the room I'm in right now, the hallway and the living room, all in the same tile, all that porcelain tile. It'll be a big job. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with carpeting, especially with dogs. Yeah. When you have dogs and carpeting, I don't care how much you clean. It still smells like dogs to a certain extent. Yeah. We're, we're fortunate. Our dog is, um, doesn't malt at all. So, uh, I mean, you could, you can roll around, you can roll around with him on your chest for 10 minutes. And when you get up, you won't have a single dog hair on you. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, that's, um, not that's not the case with our dogs. Yeah. But, uh, but with with ours, it's, it's pretty good. The only time you really get this dog smell is if we've been walking him outside and it's wet and he smells. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. there's always that. So what do you think yeah. about, I know you've probably watched it by now, the new Mandalorian trailer. Uh, yeah, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, you know. We, it looks like the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's more of the same, which is exactly what you want with the Mandalorian. You don't want radical changes. No. I, I, I mean, as, as I think I've mentioned to you before, I'm concerned that they're going to go, the, there's more changes coming in. I'd like them to keep it as stripped back as possible. Um, you know, I even didn't like some of the fan service they put in the first series. Um, so for my personal view, the the more it's like the Mandalorian we've had up until now, the happier I am. Um, and it looks like that's exactly what's going to be. And I can't wait because I really enjoyed the first season. We do know that Boba Fett's coming in. I don't know if it's going to be in season two or three, though. Yep. Um, I think he's going to have an appearance in season two, and I think he'll be, be a bigger role in season three. That's my guess. But I do know that Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, and I can already see where they're going to slot her in because in the trailer, the one head of the Mandalorians say that he needs to take this baby force user to the Jedi. Yeah. But isn't the Jedi all dead at this point? Yeah. Well, well, we know, yeah, I mean, this is, this uh, <laughs> it's one of the <laughs> glaring, glaring plot holes of, uh, of um, you know, the original trilogy, which was, you know, Order 66 kill all the Jedi, except for the ones you don't. <laughs> it turns yeah. out there's quite a few that got missed. and, uh, and then Which makes whole, sense. I mean, they are well, Jedi. They're not, yeah, you're know, not going to take every single one of them. But then, then we have this whole business with, people who are force sensitive but aren't jedi um and they appear to well, the i pop- think osaka is a, is a prime example she was training to be a jedi and she left the order yeah i know that but there's a lot of on the on the dark side as well you have a lot of these people and we you know i mean it was peak it was kind of peak stuff in the in the the last trilogy we've got when we when you had um what was he called now um snoke yeah, um, who who effectively was a, a 
big time evil force user, but what apparently wasn't remotely Jedi or even Sith. Um, so the, the difficulty is, is that, is that you, the whole point was that, you know, you needed Jedi training to really be an effective force user until, until it turns out you don't. It's, it's just one of those things that kind of, it's one of those inconsistencies that rankles with me really. Yes. You know, because, because then it's like, well, what, so why, why, why did for thousands of years, they make a big deal about going through Jedi training and being a Jedi. And, and then, you know, you had this evil sect that was going against it. If, if, if in fact, anybody who's force sensitive can kind of pick up a few skills along the way and, you know, kind of go toe well, to toe with, with the problem. Is, the problem is if they were kind of like, you know, dorky, <laughs> dorky force users who, um, you know, used it to get by in life. I'd, I'd be happy with that. But the problem is, is every time you come across one of these guys, they go toe to toe with somebody who's had the training, uh, and you know they're apparently a threat and everything. And I just that's that's where it falls down for me because it's just like you know, <laughs> it's about if if I'm if I consider myself a fairly good driver, yeah, and even if I do a few track days or something about something like that, yeah, I don't expect to win a race with um a fully trained driver yeah i expect them even if they're in a slower car to completely smoke me because their level of ability and training is so much beyond mine kind of homegrown skills yes and, and no and that, because, and that is not the case with force users in well, the jedi but, but in the dr- a driver, Star Wars universe well I, I will disagree with you to a certain extent um being a, a really good race car driver is an inherent talent to some extent i think but it's a lot of training and repetitive. So no, you're not going to hang with a professional race car driver. Yeah, but isn't isn't but, isn't no, that the whole point of Jedi training no, as well? No, it's not. No, it's not because uh, look at it as a fighter. Now, some guy could just be inherently a badass, right? Mm-hmm. He punches really freaking hard. He could take a hit. Um, he's pretty quick on his feet. He's never had any formal training, but he's a badass. As opposed to um, a boxer who's used to fight in a certain way. Well, there's there's no you, you can absolutely say okay. Well, if the if the badass just got into a boxing ring with a boxer, he's going to get the shit beat out of him. But if they meet in a bar, that's a different story. Yeah, I I I kind of to, to I'd bend that analogy to say if you if you look at the force user as being the bare knuckle fighter who's very very handy in a fight, yeah, and yep. then the uh, and then the force user the, the Jedi comes along and they're effectively a martial arts ninja. I would yep. expect the martial arts ninja ninja to kick the ass of the bare knuckle fighter. And most yet, of the, the time, unless the guy's a real badass. Well, yeah, but even then. It, even then, if they win that sort of fight or even get close to winning, it's more often more than luck than judgment or perhaps an error on the on the better trained user's part. But the problem is whenever you see this presented in the movies, we saw this in the in the The Force Awakens. Yeah, Finn's fighting. <laughs> Finn's basically Finn's fighting um, Ben Solo. A full blown, yeah, Jedi training. Exactly. I mean, I mean, Finn should have basically been cut in half. Yeah, well, but remember, he was—he—he he had been shot already too. Yeah, but even so, yeah. even so, I don't know. He got gut shot know. with Chewbacca's bowcaster. That's going <laughs> to yeah. slow you down a little bit. That's going to slow you down, but even so, really, you know, um, 
I, I, I just, it's, this is the problem. And, and it's something that's kind of annoying me in the Clone Wars. You know, I'm working my way through the Clone Wars now. Yeah. Is you have, you know, much in the same way. And obviously I, I watch Rebels before I watch the Clone Wars. So I have seen this before, even though it came after, if you know what I mean. You have these, these guys who are um, force sensitive bad guys who are sent after the Jedi and all that sort of thing because the, the Sith don't want to re- reveal themselves. Yeah. And, you know, they're fighting toe-to-toe with two or more Jedi and you just, I, it's very difficult for me to buy. You know, I can't, it's very difficult for me to buy into it and to so go, you know, these force-sensitive people who've had a bit of training or whatever you are going toe-to-toe with these people who are meant to be the, uh, you know, the galactic police um and these these who who are empowered by this and and the the strong idea of the star wars universe is that even though the dark side looks so attractive because it's so easy the idea is is that if you're one of the good jedi you can ultimately use the force more effectively i think that's 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 something that's kind of it, it it may not always be demonstrated on screen right but it's meant to be the ethos of being a jedi is that you're a better force user if you stick with the side with the the light side of the force and yet time and time again you come up upon these people who haven't had all the force training but have embraced the dark side yeah well they and haven't had the training kicking from the ass the of the jedi. jedis yeah I, I i as i say it's a problem i have i'm not saying i'm necessarily completely right but i, I no, everyone can see where i'm coming from yeah yeah. yeah, no, you you're never right. say I'm completely no. right because obviously it's me. Because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It starts uh, October 30th. Yeah. And uh, I just want more of the same, you know. Yep. Uh, I, I didn't know if they were going to continue the Baby Yoda saga, and it looks like that seems to be the thrust of this season. I do wonder, though, if that's going to be the central catalyst of the entire series is this Mandalorian who we still don't know his freaking name. Um, yeah, is, we do. And do we? we all know his name, but we can't remember it. Yeah. They gave us his true. name. The guy gave us his name at the end of the first season. Yeah, we can't just can't remember. remember what his name is. It's just, we don't need his name. No, it's, it's in, He's, unimportant. He is the man with no name, the Mandalorian with no name. Yeah. Well, that's kind of his shtick. Yeah. Um, is that the thrust of this entire series, though? Those two characters together, or, well, do the, or, or is it just the first couple episode, uh, couple seasons, and then he moves on to the next big thing? Well, presumably they're going to baby Skywalker. They're going to have to deal with what happens to the the uh, the uh, the baby Yoda character, the kid, whatever you want to call him, the child, the asset. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to have to resolve his story in some way because we know that kind of 20 years on, no sign of him. Luke Skywalker's well, I mean, never heard of him. <laughs> you know, Ahsoka could just take him to the unknown regions of space well, because they've established yeah, but, that But that's what I'm saying. They're going to have to establish what happens to yeah. him because we know he doesn't appear later on. So, uh, and that will presumably have him disappearing from the story. So... However long they keep him with with the Mandalorian, at some point he's gonna. We know he's gonna have to go. So the question is, do they keep him I with just, the Mandalorian for? I think something uh, happens in the Mandalorian. Years, five years. A time thing happens in Mandalorian where it makes the last three movies impossible and you're they're gone forever. Still pitching for that. <laughs> I am still. I. Ugh. Well, uh, look, they got an Obi Wan. They got an Obi Wan series coming with yeah. Ewan McGregor. That looks like it's going to be great. 
they got a Rogue One prequel, I guess, series coming. Yep. That looks like that's going to be really good. Um, and there was another one. What's the other one? I'm drawing a blank. Um, they got another series coming, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think you're right, but I can't remember what it is either. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the... Um it's the uh, the the clones, the bad clones. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The Which is also nasty probably bunch or the bad yeah, bunch. Yeah, or... the bad bunch, and and that's also going to be pretty good because those are really really great characters. They are from really the animated good. series. Yeah, yeah. And obviously they they they're defective to begin with, so they probably don't fall under Order sixty six. And I I you know what? There's just some really good stuff going on with Star Wars right now. When you it's, don't it's in, look at the new prequels. Or well, it's sequels interesting or that all whatever. the best all the best stuff's happening on the TV. And no, that's not surprising at all. Which yeah. leads us to the story that you posted about uh, a big theater chain going away. Which, if it yes. was even if that was they owned all the movie theaters here in the United States too, I wouldn't care. They are. They actually do. <laughs> I think they are the big... I'm bringing the story up now. I seem to remember saying that... Um, so this is Cinema World. Uh, sorry, not Cinema World. Cine World. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. They've changed the story since I posted it. Ah. Okay, so they're not... So the the, the, the story first thing this morning on Sunday was that they were... Um, they were going... They were effectively... They were going out of business in the UK and they were shutting all their cinemas and letting all their people go. They have now ro- rolled that back. They are the world's second largest cinema operator, apparently. So in other, uh, the Regal brand in the US, they own Cinema City and Yes Planet. So anyway, they are one of the world's biggest cinema um, owners. Uh, and the story this morning, when I first posted this to you into our notes, was that the industry was unviable and they were shutting down. They were basically pulling out the market. Mm-hmm. They have now... Whether it's them, them or the journalists, they have rolled that back because this was updated 32 minutes ago. And it said they are now set to temporarily close their UK sites. Well, um, so um, I, I don't mind. I, obviously, I don't mind there. It's in the UK. But even in the US, I mean, most theaters haven't been open or they're opening into limited capacity. And I, I don't care. I really don't. No. I, I, I haven't enjoyed going to an actual theater in many 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 years now i know that i'm probably in the minority there and a lot of people listening to this episode are going tim i love going to the movie theaters well that's great i don't i don't care if they close down and i think all the best content by far is coming out on i'm just going to use this as a generic term television yeah whether it's streaming or not i don't care it's television that's where the best content is the most passionate fan base now are following tv shows I mean, I don't I don't think there's anything in the Star Wars universe right now <clears throat> bigger than the Mandalorian. No. And the last time something like this happened was in the theaters and that was when the Force Awakens came out. That was massive. It was huge. But I think a lot of people were in fact you were disappointed with that movie. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's been disappointed with the Mandalorian. Yeah. No, no, that's absolutely true. I mean, I remember we we both went to i i mean i went to see it 
literally the hour it opens, The Force Awakens. Yeah, um, we did an episode yeah, on it. We did, we did an episode on it. We talked about how much we loved it. And, we, and then we did an episode afterwards where we talked about the things we didn't like about it. And that was not a short episode. No, it was yeah, a whole episode we, of we Tech really, Yeah, we really did a criticism on it because actually it had many of the flaws that we saw in the in the later movies as well. Yeah, but the know. problem is, or the ironic part, I guess we should say is, of the three new movies, it is by far the best. Exactly, yeah. We kind of hoped after that it would get better, and in fact it just got worse and worse. You know what um, got better is the prequels. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, now no, we they... go back and look at them, we go, actually, they're not that bad compared to what we got. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the difference is, though, is vision. There was no vision at all on the new ones, period. Oh, yeah. Don't know that is that is primarily the difference. You can criticize an awful lot of the um, choices that were made by George Lucas with the prequel trilogy. Oh, and there's trilogy. a lot. Yeah, and there are a lot. Yeah, and there are some things that he, he that he does over and over again that you just think, why? Why have you not learned your lesson from this before from the other reactions to this? But having said that, one thing they do have going for them is the overarching story. Yes, and progress of the characters and growth of the characters was defined from the start over the three movies. Yep, uh, and that is something that is critically absent from uh, the last the last trilogy. You know, yep. we, and we've had a, and we've t- and we've torched it a bunch of times. We don't need to go back into that. No, but. You know, some movies, I think, are built for theaters um, that you don't really get the full effect of it in a streaming service. Although now with people regularly having 65-inch televisions, that's debatable. Um, But, you know, there's a huge movie franchise that came out, was the number one movie for many, 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 many years. The only thing that's beat it was The Avengers. Um, they're finally coming out. They filmed uh, movie two. They're working on movie three, and that's Avatar. Mm-hmm. And I'm not convinced that Avatar is is as good as people seem to be. It seems to be getting forced on us that Avatar is amazing, and look how well commercial success doesn't mean that it's amazing. It just means that it was an experience everybody wanted to go see. Because the whole big 3D thing coming out at the time and the hype was through the roof. So everybody had to go see it. Uh, yeah. We all watched it after the fact on our smaller TVs and went, yeah, that was pretty good. But nope. Do you see huge fan base around Avatar? No. No one well, doesn't. Nobody gives a crap. Yeah, there was there was a little bit for a few years afterwards, but it never really. It didn't have the staying power of anything else. No. I, th- my, I mean, my take on Avatar was that. Um, I th- I think technologically it's it's almost the perfect movie. I'm J- yeah. I mean James uh, James Cameron is a phenomenal movie maker, no filmmaker, and he used new technologies in that movie to deliver an experience nobody had ever seen before. Yeah, and it wasn't just the 3D. You know, it he he delivered a completely computer rendered world. He used motion capture. He brought it all together. Um he also very importantly used CGI in a way he used CGI as if he was filming a real movie. That yep. was the first time it had been done like that. And and the whole thing really came together, and I think it was far more than the sum of its parts. The th- The point is, with, with Avatar, is the story really isn't that great. It's a story we've seen a hundred times before. Yeah. And it, I remember at the time people going, well, yeah, you know, it, it's amazing to look at and everything, but the story's a little bit meh. Um, and um, 
the, the, and the difficulty I think that that Avatar always had was it took him so long to get that movie made. Yeah, I mean, that movie was in development for like fifteen years. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the question. And, Here, and now, yeah, now he's in this exactly the same position where it's nearly twenty years later, and he's um, he's only just getting ready to bring the next couple of movies to it. And and I, I just think he's completely. You know, I'm not I'm not sure how far he can take movie making forward again because I think an awful lot of people are caught up with what Avatar did. I th- it took, I think it, it's something that about Avatar, it took them nearly 10, 12 years before we start seeing movies of the same caliber yep. in terms of filmmaking. Um, and, but I think the problem is, is they are way out there now and pretty much every movie nowadays that has lots of um, um, special effects in it. Right. Yeah, so what's going to carry it forward yeah, is exactly. the story. And <laughs> yeah, which is so, not great. <laughs> well, here, here's a question for you. Anybody who, who wants to argue with me that Avatar is one of the all-time greats, okay, name three characters. That's well, my challenge three, to you right now. Name three characters from, from Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, name uh, three. There's the blue one. No, no, no. The blue one. No, 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 no the name Weaver. of the characters. <laughs> you can name the actors. You, I bet you can't even name the actor's name of the, the main character. What's his name? Uh, Sam Worthington okay, is, is, is the that. actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, the character was no, I can't remember his name. Um, right. uh, basically, <laughs> none of the characters' names mean anything. Because, no, no, they don't. Oh, it, uh, what's an? Uh, I do remember the the girl's name who was played by Zoe. Uh, yeah, the chick from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that's a, the black actress who's known for being a blue and a green <laughs> character. No, two blue characters. They're both no. She, she's no, a her in Star. Blue. She's a her in Star Trek as well. She's done more work than that. She's uh, well respected. I said in best known. Um. Anyway, it wasn't wasn't the character the the, the avatar the alien she played wasn't she Nerti? I'm thinking I, I don't something know. like that. But the point is, is yeah, if you ask anybody, they're going to go, there was the guy in the wheelchair who turned blue, there was yep. the chick who was blue, and then there was Sigourney Weaver. And, yeah, and the chick from <laughs> Aliens. Yeah. yeah, that's my point. The characters yeah. were didn't matter. And, the, and, and it was the problem, a boring and the, story. And the problem with the next one, the, 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 the only really interesting thing I thought about the story of Avatar is you take a guy who's been crippled, Yep. Yeah, and you you give him a technology that means that he can be he can be free again. But the 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 kind of Faustian pact of that is that you know he can walk, he can move again, but he has to become a completely alien person. I think that's a very interesting concept. I the do idea, too. the idea that that to to regain your physicality, you have to transform yourself into a different creature. I think that's really quite interesting. Um, the problem is it was overlaid on a typical evil corporation trying yep. to do bad and turning, yep. to, you know, changing sides and fighting against them as the inside man and all of that. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, everyone saw the plot twist coming from, you know, four exactly. movies before away. But the difficulty with Avatar 2 is you don't have that. You know, that character, assuming he, he pins the movie down, is now basically has just been turned into a blue alien. Right. So you've taken away the thing that was really interesting about him because it's not because the plot the plot means it's not there anymore. So, so the only thing you're going to have to do on is world building or good old fashioned storytelling. The, and no, I don't yeah. think his I I think Jim I think Cameron is really good at world building. Yeah. And I think he's really good at the technology of of making the movies. I think his shortcomings has always been 
Um, storytelling. The storytelling. I yeah. don't think he's great at it. You look at some of his greatest movies. Uh, Aliens, he he built... Again, it, world building. Yeah, he built the story on top of a new of a of a extending the ideas from the original world. And yeah, you're right, it was world building. But basically, yep. an aliens movie is, you know, Ripley versus the aliens. Right, and so then Terminator. Just, Terminator. Same thing. I, it's I, world building. I would give him. I would give him more credit for Terminator Two. Actually, funnily enough, Terminator Two was on TV here last night. I watched the first twenty minutes of it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he did do a lot of world building there. Um, the whole movie is built on world building. Yeah, but I, I think, I think he had best. Well, I don't know, I don't know how involved he was in writing the script, but um, <coughs> developing the script. But, but he, I think, I think there were better ideas in Terminator Two. I yes. think that's that's probably the worst example of James Cameron as a crappy storyteller, um, because I think actually the worst and quite good ideas to you know flipping on its head there really worked to suddenly take the bad guy and turn him into the good guy. And it's interesting, the first 20 minutes of the movie, you don't know what's been done. Uh, and they kind of play it, you know, the first time you see Arnold Schwarzenegger, you really do, I mean, he's a complete Terminator badass, but you don't know whether he's the bad guy or the good guy. Yep. It's only when you see the second Terminator come through, the Robert Patrick one, and he immediately kills a policeman, you kind of think, okay, all right, well, this is the one you want to watch for. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that's, less of a good example but then you look at i mean to me the, what perfectly sums up um cameron's problem is the the abyss yeah yes which conceptually is an absolutely amazing movie and the way the technology again the way he was able to film the effectively in an, under, and, in an yeah. underwater submarine an underwater station they did a lot of that practically um he made it very tense he made it very exciting yeah, and then of course you bring in the alien elements. We saw technology we'd never seen before. Uh, yep. the, a lot of the diving technology, which he's really into, was actually real in the movie. You know, the thing where the guy has to um, inhale a liquid to survive the deep yep. pressures. Apparently, that's a real technology. And when you see it on the mouse or the rat in the movie, the the, mount, the 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 rat is actually breathing that liquid. It actually works. All of that stuff was incredibly cool. But you actually look at the plot of the abyss, and it's awful. <laughs> It's really, really awful. Well, what about Titanic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a very lame, um, clumsy love story. Yeah, on par with Padme and, and Anakin. I mean, it's, it's really it's, it's not great. Uh, yeah, I th- I think <clears throat> Titanic. What that Titanic gets away was all with about it. making the Titanic again yeah. and, and the spectacle of I, watching. Well, like, it this sink. is this is what I'm going to say. The, the love story is pasted over this incredible exactly. stuff going on behind exactly. the background, which kind of allows it to be sold. And even though, even then, yeah, there's a lot of plot points in that where we go, huh? Well, he could fit what? on the raft too. Why, why does he got to drown? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is he? Yeah. Why did she suddenly? Dis- why did he convince her to let him freeze to death and <laughs> push him in the water? Right. Yeah. And then the end, we go. What? She threw the jewel away. <laughs> right. What the it's, hell? It's the dumbest. It's it, it's stupid. The story itself of Titanic is stupid. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you watch it one time and that's it. You never go well, back and watch Titanic again. It's interesting you say that because Avatar, I saw it in the cinema and I was blown away by again by the technology and all of yep. that, but I have never seen it since. I've, I've never I've watched it once. And I watched it on Disney Plus not too long ago yeah. when Disney I've, Plus well, first I, launched, and I was looking yeah. for something, some reason to watch Disney Plus other than 
the Star Wars stuff and the Marvel stuff, yeah. and it's it's just not there. Um, I, I uh, I've never felt motivated to go and seek out Avatar to watch it again, and 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 it's it's not know, as I, bad I, as I is is I just kind of made it out to be. It's an yeah. okay movie, yeah. but it's also when you're watching it, you're thinking, wow, he made this a long time ago, and it really does hold up the CGI and all that. Yeah, but you're never a hundred percent convinced that what you're looking at is real. Yeah, and that's you know. It's disappointing in that regard, but it's still a watchable movie. But, the but thing it doesn't is, blow you. Yeah. If you didn't watch it then and you just watched it now, it would not yeah. at all blow you away because you've seen better CGI already. Yeah. And and the thing is, one of the things I enjoy about having you know children who are growing up now is, is introducing them to movies they've uh-huh. never heard of that were classics yeah. from when we were kids. Yeah. Yep. I've never turned around to my kids and said, oh, have you watched Avatar? You need to watch Avatar. No. You know, I say that all the time. I say, you know, you're, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You never seen that? You need to go and watch that, right? Yeah. I never stuff like that. But I never turn around and say Avatar. Yeah, you really need to see Avatar. You know, you know? It's no, funny don't you get say me that. wrong. If they showed it, if if they showed it today, forget COVID. If they showed it today in a movie theater with the 3D technology and the surround sound and everything, then I might be tempted to take the kids to see it. If it was five bucks a ticket, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not paying premium prices for it. God, but, no. um, yeah. It's funny you say that about making your kids watch older movies or wa- or them watching older movies. Um, you got to remember all a lot of the stuff that's being created now is done by guys our age yeah. who grew up with 80s movies. So Brooke, maybe a year ago, watched The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. She had never seen it before. Yeah. She knew the song, you know. Yeah. But other than that, she didn't know anything about the Breakfast Club. So she watched it. And she comes to me afterwards and she goes, I cannot believe, A, I've never watched that movie before, and B, how many other TV shows and movies and everything reference that or or pay, play uh, homage to it. I had no idea that that's where these things started. Yeah. They're so, so it was so influential that people our age don't just take it for granted when we see a little thing in a show and you're like oh that's the breakfast club oh well yeah i but mean for someone I mean, that's watched of, all of these things and never knew where it came from originally yeah it was kind of cool to hear her say that oh yeah it, it is and it, and it just goes to show you know really good stuff is absolutely timeless absolutely you know um and, and, and that's yeah, a that's prime exactly example right, of a movie that is all a hundred percent character driven uh, and the whole thing takes yeah. place in one day it's kids yeah. in detention. How but boring it, but, could you get? But I know. But now, pretty as 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 Brooke says, you know, an awful lot of shows use the kind of put your characters in a in an um, you know an enforced space to to allow them to to learn about each other as as a shorthand, effectively. I mean, sometimes it almost becomes like a montage. Oh, they're all in detention together. Now they know more about each other. You know, um, and. Um, and yet that really is the, the the way that those characters develop in that one day. Um, and just because of the environment they're in, and also, you know, the key thing is the, they have this common figure of authority who yeah. they all detest. Yeah. Who is, who is, who is truly a pretty awful. Barry man. Oh no, you raided his wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and she, and the thing is Brooks in the music, so she knows who Barry Manilow is. Right. And I, I just hope she detests him as much as yeah. I do. 
Um, and then what's it? You meant you mentioned the song. Don't you forget about me, my simple yeah. minds. The interesting thing about that is that they didn't want to do it. They were kind of contractually obliged or something to do yep. a song for a movie. And, and that so, was the biggest one of all time. Though, yeah, they basically, they were on tour. They were taken into a studio for two, three hours. They effectively recorded it as a live take. And then they forgot about it. They didn't think it was that great a song. Yeah. And then it became absolutely monstrous and probably the only thing that most people outside the uk certainly remember simple minds for nowadays well you also have to realize that song kind of epitomizes and it is the 80s yeah you know because it's not just that song it's that movie it's it 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 harkens back to a time that i think we would love to go back to from a lot of oh, different respects, but I, not I everybody. Saw, yeah, I saw somebody on TV the other day, and there's a lot in in the UK here. There's quite a few artists who are doing quite nostalgic type albums with, yeah. with songs that sound like they're from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're hearing a lot of that kind of groove and vibe on the radio now. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I heard a, uh, a DJ kind of say he played one of these songs. He said, "Oh, the 80s." He said, I, "I I wish we could all go back to the 80s." He said, "The 80s were the best." And then I think back to some of the things that went on the eighties, and I was like, "Well, well, yeah, they were they were really great culturally because we were we're looking back on that." But actually, living in the eighties probably wasn't that great, yeah, especially if you're in Ireland. Yeah, well, um, all, yeah, they were in Africa. Or, Africa. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we had the whole Cold War thing. Well, and, HIV in in America as well. I mean, it, it, yeah. was, it wasn't all sweetness and light. No, it, it, everything is rose color glasses when you yeah. look back. Yeah. Um, so uh, having said that, I don't think many people are going to look rose rose color back at twenty twenty. No, it it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to talk about: news broke this week, and I I, I don't know how to feel about oh, this. Just, just news broke. Any yeah, uh, just to go to about twenty twenty. Anybody goes news broke this week. My uh, the literally the pit just fell out my stomach yeah about uh, what the hell is he gonna say next <laughs> jamie fox is reprising his role oh thank god <laughs> as electro and it's yeah. the same character in spider-man 2 amazing spider-man 2 in the next spider-man movie oh, i'm so how, glad how are they doing i'm so this? glad you mentioned this because i have things to say <laughs> i don't understand how they're doing this i i understand exactly how they're doing well it. they're saying it's not the multiverse they're saying that Yes. It is most absolutely the multiverse. It has they to are be. just ripping off. And it, the worst thing is they're ripping it off from what everyone else is doing. And yet because of Spider-Man into the multiverse, they're saying they did it first. But it's not right. It's right. not right what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Because it worked in that. They made a great, great animated movie yep. where it worked perfectly. And, and now they're going to come and ruin it. <laughs> By saying, oh, let's do that live action and bring back all those terrible Spider-Man things that everyone hated before. I just so want, and Electro is such a bad character, um, I so want Sony just to sell all the Marvel properties yeah, back to Marvel. I just, know. Just give it back, Sony. You suck at it. And that's saying, because I actually kind of enjoyed Venom, but it yeah. works the first time you watch it. It does not hold up to repeat value. Uh, um, well, I, I actually said, Leanne never saw Venom, and I actually said the other day that we should watch it together. So I, I will I will try that experiment, you having already done it. You will um, be disappointed, because you'll yeah. watch it the second time and go, oh, this wasn't as good as I thought it was. Um, just, settle, just sell it back. And, and on Disney's side, 
You got you give them give them Avatar. Give them Avatar. Let them have James Cameron and Avatar and all that crap. Listen, give them Avatar. You get Spidey and what else do they own? What else have they got? Do they have Freaky Friday? They did do own Freaky. Did, give yeah. them Freaky Friday. Give them Freaky Friday franchise. They'll franchise the hell out of it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure they could um, they could dig up some old properties that nobody wants anymore and. Top, well, I think, the fran- I, I think the freaky franchise one is perfect because <laughs> look at look at the possibilities. Okay, now now it's a white guy and a black guy in slavery times, <laughs> and they switch places. <laughs> you know what? Some some LA executive has just heard what you said and is furiously writing into a notepad. You do Here's not know one. you you have powers that you do not know. Powers yeah. for evil. <laughs> yeah, the Queen of England and Mandela when he was in prison switch places. I mean, granted, uh, her story on that part is kind of boring. And, no, the Queen know. of Queen of England and her gay butler. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Switch places. Um, there. I mean, just the 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 point is, two people switch places. <laughs> you can go anywhere with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Trump and Hitler switch places. Oh, maybe Disney wants well, to hold on to Maybe Disney thing. wants to hold on to it because Mando and the Child switch places. Switch places. There you go. <laughs> but you know, I I'm torn because I I know that Marvel is and I know that they're driving Spider Man three. Yeah. So I'm kind of holding out hope. Maybe it'll be okay, but. I don't know. It worries me. It really does. Yeah. And I don't, you know, Andrew Garfield, let's talk about him for a second here. Um, I think he is kind of overlooked in the role. I think when people think of Spider-Man, they think of Tom Holland is the best so far. And I unquestionably, I agree with that. The second one is Tobey Maguire. I think he did a great job in the first two Spider-Man movies. In fact, I would say the second one's probably the best. Of those. Oh, I, I'd, I'd definitely agree. And the then it went off the rails the in three, one. and then they had to reboot. Yeah. The first Amazing Spider-Man wasn't too bad. No, I I quite enjoyed it. Um, and uh, you, you know, talking about an, uh, Andrew in the role, Garfield. An, yeah. Andrew Garfield, yeah. Um, I th- actually thought he was pretty good. He looked a little bit old. Well, that's okay uh, if you're going to do yeah. a multiverse thing now. Yeah. Well, no, no. What I'm saying is he looked a little bit old yeah. when he played the Amazing Spider-Man oh, the first time around. I agree. He, he looked probably about five years older than he should have been for the yeah. role. Um, but I, I think, and I, I think he, he kind of. I, well, the, the the important thing is is that the the romance in the Amazing Spider-Man with him and Gwen Stacy. It, it really worked. Those those two had great chemistry. And it 100% re- agree. You really kind of bought into it. And as the the relationship between them was the driving force of the plot of the movie in some respects, in terms of the choices he's making, uh, I think that was good. The, the problems with it were they, they had this bizarre subplot that his parents were somehow involved with the Osborne court, which I just, you know, it wasn't the comics and it was just not, not good. Um, and then I think, I think the, um, the actual plot of the movie in terms of, uh, of the lizard man and all that. I just, I just didn't feel it worked very well. Right. Um, you know, and, um, and, and then the kind of the sacrifice of the father at the end was, you could kind of see it coming. Um, 
so so yeah but i kind of i thought it really captured the idea of you know here's this kid with these powers um and yeah, yet, the problem was mo- he wasn't a kid yeah but the, the, i'm talking about the idea rather than what yeah. the way it was executed but you know it, it, he had much more of the cockiness that spider-man when he's wearing the suit had than they did in the first set of movies yeah which i thought worked uh, better it was a, it was a little bit too much of it though yeah um but also as well i i think it, it brought more about the the, you know the difficulties that kind of life um kind of can impose on you i think it was it was perhaps done a little bit more subtly than it was with the the first you know the Tobin spider-man where you were kind of beaten around the head by it um, i think that andrew garfield i've seen interviews with him he was dressing up as spider-man as a child it was his favorite character and yeah. this was a dream come true and the wrong people were in charge of this movie and they kind of ruined it for him. Yeah. And I think, quite quite honestly, he would jump at the chance to, to create and be Spider-Man again in a multiverse setting where you have Tom Holland as Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe. The 616 Universe is what it's called. Yeah. And that there is some kind of event where they merge these things together. Some people from the Sony-verse comes into the Marvel Universe. I wouldn't have a problem with that if Marvel was in charge of doing it. Yeah. And when they do it, they own it. That's the only way it's going to work. Because yeah. if you let Sony go rogue and make their own shit, it's going to be just that shit. So so going back to Jamie Foxx's Electro, um, the only way that I'm going to buy that is if it's not the, um, the Andrew Garfield Electro, but it's Electro from another universe where he basically, Marvel makes sure he's done right. <laughs> because... Yeah, the way he was done in the Andrew Garfield movie was terrible. It was awful. absolutely terrible. That's why I don't understand why they're bringing that character back. Because well, he's well, still may, better may, than the Hobgoblin they had. Oh my may, god, that was atrocious. Yeah. Maybe Marvel wants to try and redeem that character in terms of the cinematic universe. I don't. And know. if anybody can, it will be them. Yeah. So well, maybe, I'm. I'm going to. Oh, maybe it's not even true. Hope. Maybe you know. Maybe maybe. No, just, it's been confirmed. It's been confirmed. Well, maybe Jamie um, Foxx has got a really good agent and he's talked them into it. I'm sure he does. But. <laughs> If anybody can do it, it'll be Marvel. I'm going to hold out judgment and real opinion until I actually see it. Well, let's see. But let's see what happens. (laughs) Let's be honest. At this point, who the hell knows when we're going to see a big tentpole movie in the cinema again? So I uh, I don't care if if I ever see one. Yeah. I don't care about the movie theaters anymore. But uh, yeah, the, the difficulty is, is that after Mulan it looks like they are shying away from sending these things straight to streaming. So I think they're all, everyone seems to be, look, they just moved James Bond this week to April next year. Yeah. Right. Everyone is hoping that come next spring, this thing's going to be over. Um, And it's not going to be because even if, even if they announced a new vaccine tomorrow, that was perfect and worked for everybody. Yeah. It's going to take 12 months to inoculate everyone. And you've got to yeah. inoculate everyone before things go back to normal. Well, so, let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. The citizens of the Western world is going to get it way before people. Yeah, I know, but the, but yeah, but you're still talking about 325 million people in the US. Yep. S- nearly 70 million people here. It takes time to do that, and until it's done, yep. things remain as they are. So I think the difficulty we're going to face is that um, we've got this big from the entertainment industry's point of view. We've got this big backlog of material now. We've got a whole summer blockbuster season we've lost. Yeah. Plus all the stuff that's being made behind that. Yeah. We, we're now going to lose the Christmas season as well. There's going to be a massive backlog. Um, 
so effectively, this is going to ripple through the movie industry for years to come. And it, the longer they delay allowing anyone to see that content, the worse that's going to be. So, you know, until everyone kind of realises that and says, you know what, we need to find effective distribution mechanisms that don't necessarily involve the cinema. Um, we kind of be stuck in this situation. Um, yep. You know, and these movies all cost a colossal amount of money at some point. Even somebody as big as Disney is going to go, you know, well, we can't afford to keep making this stuff that then sits on the shelf. Well, I do think that a lot of the costs involved in these movies are coming down because of the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, they show that you can do huge giant sets and fake it yeah. so effectively that you, you we just don't know no and, it, it, and it's amazing they're, and they're using so game look. engine and giant screens yeah. to create these things for like i'm telling you they can do a lot of these movies now at half the cost yeah well they, when at they start the doing that that's going to be really important and of course as well in a in a covid thing the the advantage of those virtual stages is it's much easier to have people interact and, and still be in cap- a bubble still and being a bubble but also you still maintain distancing between the actors yeah you know because you can you can kind of use the computer and the angles and what's behind them and everything to make it look like they're in the same space when they're not yeah um and uh interestingly enough the soap operas here what they've started doing when they started filming because they are filming everything socially distanced yeah, is when they need when they need um like uh, kissing or close interactions and stuff like that, they bring in the actors' real partners and then kind of fake it by shooting them from behind and that sort oh, of thing to cool. make it look like they're a different person, which I think is is quite a clever solution to the problem. So all these uh, all these uh, actors and actresses, um, spouses and partners, could now all of a sudden find themselves getting equity cards. <laughs> well, you know, if it helps, yeah. With just just want to let you know, Scarlett, that I'm available if you need a stand-in. Uh, let's see, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> no, not for Jamie Foxx. I said Scarlett. Scarlett no, Johansson. Too late. <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode. I just had to make a quick note for myself. We'll be back in a week with uh, Tech Fan. So if you're yeah. not subscribed to Tech Fan, make sure you check us out. Uh, that is our uh, other show that we do, and we keep this truly geeky stuff right here on the Geeks Pub Podcast. We'd love to get feedback from you guys. It's the show at geekspubpodcast.com. You can also go to uh, the Geeks, is it Geeks Pub Podcast? Yeah. Um, <laughs> leave a note there or go to mymac.com and leave a note there, and we'll see it. And if you want to come on the show sometime, let us know. We're always open to that. Yep. And we will see you guys in a week. See Bye, you David. then. Bye.